0: good evening and welcome to sugar and silk brought to you exclusively by ace podcast nation my name is ben doughty
2: my name is michael silk
0: and i'm derek
1: sweet d williams I and thought you were up, gonna
0: go a little bit more. Yeah. Man, I thought you were gonna lay it on a little thicker.
1: I, I was, I was, but my head is getting so big I
0: better hold it down a bit.
2: <laughs> it doesn't need it <laughs> so is the mind right now.
0: Yeah, I did the same gag silk, but we both said it at the same time, so probably nobody got it. Um okay, what listen heck? guys. It's um I really like the um the run of guests we've had on this show, Michael, if I, if I can take a moment to congratulate ourselves because we had the likes of Virgil Hill and Michael Nunn and Michael Arler and John Conte and, and whatnot. And then this time we have someone I will be interested for you because I know you're not overly familiar with Derek's career, but yeah. you're looking in the middle of, of us two right now. Um, former European heavyweight champion, former Commonwealth heavyweight champion, man who shared a ring with Lennox Lewis. That would have been the biggest night of his career, I'd imagine, unless he wants to contradict me. Also, and I know we don't have to talk about it right away, but I know we have to talk about the Mike Tyson sparring because my friend Danny Doyle said, "Please don't let Derek Williams get off tonight without." He's an absolute Mike Tyson nut. Uh, he talks about yeah. little else, you know, um, ever a day on a daily basis. Uh, so he wants as many Tyson insights as you got. But um, perhaps you could tell us where it all started for you, Derek. You know, you know,
1: it's interesting because if I tell you something, like you said. A lot of people don't know my journey, yeah. okay, and um, it's an interesting one because I came up with in boxing after having just a, a short amateur career. So I didn't have I didn't win no amateur championships, or I wasn't no 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 um, there's no parade for me turning professional. Okay, I had like ten yeah. or eleven amateur fights. One of the, the interesting things that I won <coughs> the ten fights. I got disqualified in one, and I got banned for two years for amateur boxing. So that's why I turned pro but um so so then, was hold, the one one
2: second, hold on one second because that needs a little investigation so what were you banned for
1: <laughs> yeah i got the, the disqualification um what's interesting is that okay michael and, and you're gonna get me and i know ben is waiting to get this one right i I, mm-hmm. I had a i had an interesting amateur career because i trained at a gym with gary mason we were heavyweight and super heavyweight and we were knocking we we because we sparred together we were more advanced than a lot of amateurs who were more experienced than us. So we was getting quality sparring because we were both good fighters, right? And mm-hmm. I always tell people that you, you learn your game in in the sparring and and your your natural ability and your commitment. And that's how you, you learn boxing. Is boxing is not a, a thing where someone can't magic um, quality and talent into you. You have to have some of it yourself, and then you work on the rest. Yeah. But with Mason, we sparred daily, and we at the same time we were training with professional fighters and sparring with pros, where at the time in the UK, they didn't like amateurs and professionals to work together, but we were in a professional gym. So we was learning the, the tricks of the trade by training with like um, Trevor Curry, who was a uh, British champion, and guys like um Keith Bristol and Dennis Andres. We, was, we were training with those guys when we were amateurs, so we was learning to fight. So although we had a small amateur career, we learned to fight so, but there's, the amateurs, there's I had, also I had.
2: an upside and a downside with that, right? Being that amateurs, you got to learn to move your hands and in heavy in, in professional yeah. boxing, you have to be a little bit more uh professorial, thoughtful, you have to be more thoughtful. About where you're, and you know, and, and over the round, ra- you're thinking about four, five, six, eight, ten rounds, whereas in the amateurs, yeah. it's about points. So, so it's like there's an upside to it, but there is definitely also a, a downside. And so, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: Go ahead. No, no, that's no, know I, I, I understand, understand because you go ahead. I there, say, that's what
0: they told me in, a, in the states when I said I said it's a big advantage to spar professionals, right? Before I boxed in the states as an amateur, and they said yes and no. They they said there's, it's a double-edged sword if you think mm. you're getting ready for amateur fights by sparring with those yeah. professional guys, you know. But anyway, yeah, it, uh, it is it is it is interesting what you're saying because you see the amateur
1: game is a faster game, but over three mm. rounds and you throwing more punches yes. and a lot of movement. But I I I think that because I was punching at the time, my, my I was dead set on knocking guys out. I was dead set on landing big bombs and I was stopping guys. And you become addictive. Boxing is a funny thing. If you um knock someone out and you knock someone else out, it then it becomes an addiction because you like you start looking forward yeah. to knocking guys out. And yeah, when yeah, I, yeah. I beat a guy on points, yeah, although I won the fight, I was disheartened that the fight went to points because if like you win. But you want the knockout and, and that's what it's all about. But um yes. at the same time, I turned pro under the quiet. I turned pro with, with a fighting on the small horse circuit. Well, let me ask you, why did you turn not be known? But did at the you same turn time,
2: pro because it was
1: financially oh, you find that you need was it a fight No, yeah, well, but, well the funny thing is, Michael, here's, here's what happened, right? Because I got disqualified in my in my amateur fight, um, they banned me for two years.
2: And and what was that for? And I was gonna say
1: I, I was nineteen. I, I i tell you what happened right i um i fought a guy maybe four months previous to to the to the, the disqualification the night yes. i fought him again he was he was being he was using dirty tactics and referee to me wasn't um calling call, wasn't calling him on his on his actions so i was getting frustrated i was i was i was 18 at the time and i was yeah. getting frustrated because every time I, I was attacking this guy and he was leaning and pushing and all that and referee I was trying to signal to the ref this guy's not doing you know. So then I lost I lost it a little bit, which which I think I'm, I'm glad I did that because you learn discipline <coughs> in life boxing about discipline and, and controlling your emotion. And mm-hmm. I didn't do that on the day because I lost um my cool and I started to throw punches at this guy. And by the time the referee was saying to me, break step back, I was in street mode. <laughs> I <was> in street <laughs> mode and throwing punches, and I wasn't, I wasn't hearing no, there was no stopping me. You need to call the Police have stopped me at that point, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so I was firing shots, and um, then I eventually realized myself. Whoa, I'm in trouble. But then I got disqualified. They eventually, they stopped me and disqualified me. But in the whole melee, the whole situation, it's alleged that I caught referee with a punch as well. And I, and I don't. If I did do that, it would have been unintentional. But it could have happened because I I wasn't. I wasn't myself at the time. I was—I was, I was out of body experience. round. I was fighting in front of a crowd, but for me, it was a fight. It's no longer a boxing contest. This is a fight now. And um, anyway, I—I yeah. I got um banned for two years because they said I hit referee. I didn't dispute that. Wow, I didn't challenge years. it. I said, okay, yeah, yeah. Two years for because you know so you know that's just um an example that you shouldn't be hitting referees and. Yeah, and that, if I didn't do that, I apologize. Um that's, that's Yeah, it. I apologize and cool. I put my hands up too. Yeah. Yeah. I did you, um, up to that did and you um, have any
0: problem? Do you have any problem with the any board problem. when you went to the board for a license? Well, that's an interesting thing about it.
1: Good question, Ben. What happened was I had to go before the board. when I applied for my license, um, I had to go before the board. Obviously, I wasn't known. So they said to me, because my record, I have got a good record. But I had 10 amateur 10, I had 10 amateur wins with eight knockouts, right? So yeah. that's on un, really unheard of at the time. So and the one got disqualified the only loss was that disqualification, right? So they told me that we need good heavyweights. They're gonna recommend that I get a license, but I got to keep clean and I'm they'll be keeping an eye on me and making sure that I said to them, listen, there's no problem because that's not my nature. That's not my nature, but that happened on that night. So I, I took my I'm pretty good at talking, I got good skills with the mouth. Right? So, um, yeah. they, they, they recommended that I got my license because you know, when you go to the board, you go to the Southern area here in first of all, and then you get yeah. the board, main board to give you a license. Um, yeah. so eventually I got my license and I turned pro with my amateur trainer who was a, he was a, he was training pros at the time. So I, I had my, I remember having my first few fights knocking guys again on the knockout trail, knocking guys at one, knocking guys at two, knocking guys at three. Knock, and then, um, I got put in a guy came over here to fight Frank Bruno called Ron Ellis. And um, yeah, no one really knew about him, but bro people didn't know much about him. So they they my manager called me the week of the fight and said, We've got to fight for you. So when is that? He said Friday. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Friday. But because I could punch, and I never used to take short notice fights, but because I knew that I had four fights, four wins, four knockouts, I knew I could punch. So yeah, I said, okay, this is not my usual style to take fights at the late notice. But I took the fight in my first eight rounder anyway. And um we went the distance and I and I lost that a really. you're
2: doing You're doing eight rounders in your fourth fight. Yeah.
1: Okay. My fourth, my fifth fight, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the funny thing is, it's like um yeah. I I didn't even think about going the distance because I in my head I had that yeah. I don't yeah, so know. You, you know you
2: could punch, you know you're, yeah. you're more or less thinking it's not gonna go the distance anyway, basically.
1: Yeah, I had that yeah. you see so and I should have had someone saying to me, Derek, listen, it's not sensible to do that. But you know you, you got that like that that young mm-hmm. the, the, the the quality yeah, and value of, of youth. Yeah. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. right? yeah. I, in my mind I can knock this guy out, so I don't really care if it's eight ten or twelve rounds. I'm not my anyway, um I didn't even know because there was no internet around those days to check out who this guy fought, what's he done, what's he like. In that week, all I needed to myself was <laughs> I find a guy who in my first eight rounder and I'm gonna knock him out. So I didn't know his record. And I, at the same time, I didn't even care about his record, because I, I was so confident in my own ability, really care of what he done, who who he fought, who he lost to, who he won. All I had in my head was that I'm gonna get in the ring and I'm gonna knock this guy out. That's all and I had, and, and you couldn't tell me. Are you confident in every phase
2: of your life? Are
1: you confident in every phase
2: of your life? Like you're just naturally. I,
1: I am. I, you know what? I I train myself that way because, what? And I to stray from what we're saying at a minute, right? And I tell you why, Michael. I um I do motivational talk speaking now. I'm a keynote speaker. Um, t- empowering people, and, and and that's what I do for my living, right? So, mm-hmm. but as a... As a young kid, I was a I was a quiet one, a shy one, because I got a lot of brothers. I mean, I'm from mm-hmm. a big family. I got brothers and sisters, but I'm a, I was a quiet one. So I was the kind of kid in class that when they said my name, other kids would say, "Sir, he's here," or "Miss, he's here," because I said, here, "Here." My voice was so so quiet. <laughs> you yeah. know I mean, and people ask me how did I change myself like that, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad yeah. Ali, because yeah. I was watching Muhammad Ali. I was watching Muhammad Ali boasting and being braggadocious and saying yeah. things, and I was thinking, well, how does he do that? How does he do that? So, for me, I started saying, well, yeah, Muhammad Ali. So I started to go to school and say to people, I'm Muhammad Ali, I'm Muhammad Ali, and I and I started to mess around with his rhyming and his and clowning around the other guys. But gradually, that started to become me, because I started to really believe it. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, um... Yeah, in it, 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 that's my trans, transformation transition because I change from being the quiet kid to one who started to be boastful and saying that I'm the best, I'm the fastest runner in the class, I'm the best. And then I was like 10, 11, 12, started to change my whole my whole setup. And um, but that helped me because through the boxing now, because I was knocking guys out, I had the confidence that if I hit you, you're gone. And I didn't, I didn't really think, I didn't know if. Is because of the level of opposition or anything. All I knew to myself was that when I hit you with my right hand, you're gone, and that's yeah, well, that's all I, I had. That's what you
2: needs. Yes, when you're a puncher, you're a puncher. That's all there is to it, and yeah. that's I mean, that's yeah, really no. what you do to the bank. That's what you bring into the ring with you, and it's yeah. it's uh, when you're young, it's such a good thing. But when you're experienced, yeah. when you once you're experiencing, you start to think it could take place of anything. Like you, that that at a certain point when you're a puncher, you get into a ring with anybody. Even when you, when you look back and you say to yourself, "I shouldn't have taken that fight," but you took it because you have the pride of a puncher. You think, "Okay, he's gonna hit me. He may drop me. He may cut me. All the rest of that kind of stuff." But I know that when I hit him, I'm knocking him out. And that's one of the curses. That's one of the curses of being a puncher. If You can punch good. You think, no matter what, I'm going to, it's not like he's going to go through the fight and I'm not going to hit him. I'm going to hit him at some point. Yeah. And when I hit him, he's going to, that's it. So
1: you take fights, you should You're going to go. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You
1: yeah, know, uh, that's um, actually what it is. The, 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 the confidence.
0: Yeah. So that was your first loss to Ron Ellis, as it turned out, the short yeah. notice fight. Yeah. And how many fights in
2: was yeah.
0: that as a pro? How many fights in? Five.
1: Five. That was that was the, my fifth fight, yeah. right? So, but at the same time, and and I I'll tell you why I was disappointed about that, right? I was disappointed because at the time I had a lot of in life, right? Especially if you want to do good in life, you have got to have goals. Set of goals all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So. I turned pro. I didn't have. There's no parade. There's no whoa. Derek Willis turned pro, but for my own self, I was like, yeah, I'm the pro that's gonna do this, right? Now Britain at the time hadn't have had any heavyweight champion for almost, almost for 100 oh years since, since <laughs> Simmons, right? So this was like 1984 at the time. So I said to myself, well, I don't care about anyone else, but I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be, right? right? And then at the same time, Rocky Marciano was undefeated and I said, I'm going to be undefeated as well. So I had all the goals in my head and I was buzzing, right? And then yeah. when that decision came against me, and at the time it was a split decision of, of, of a point, it was um, something like 79 and a half to 79. And I was like, whoa, yeah. that, that for yeah. someone with my intelligence, that doesn't sit right with me. Because I'm thinking, I beat this guy, man. I beat this dude. And anyway, I've had to live with it. Right? I and was, I was broken. And for the first time in my life, right? I understand what what they're talking about with 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 managers having man, not having the right management team because my manager had no clout, he had no way, and I don't like to bad mouth people, but that's the reality. He, I was not, I was not um given a selection of opponents to just beat. Mm-hmm. I should never been in the ring with that dude. You understand at the time, but but still, that's that's gone and and as not, it's not worth me saying to us, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. But you learn. So at the same time, uh, Mickey Duff and Mike Barrett were the big cheese. They were the big guys in boxing at the time over here. They were national promotions and they were promoting, they had all the big fights. They had TV yeah. and they heard about me and I went down to see Mickey Duff. I went to see Mike Barrett and they signed me up. So I left yeah. Mike, I was really hurt at that loss. That loss, that, that cut me to pieces, man. Because you we're, see, you have to you have understand boxing is funny. You have guys who just want to turn pro just to make a living, they don't care to win or lose, right? So, people say that's a journeyman or uh, so whatever they want to pro call him. I don't have to win
2: the world title. Like your intent was to win the world title. I
1: had intentions. I turned pro with intentions. I I didn't turn pro just for the hell of turning pro and say yeah, I'm a pro. I had a goal. I had a vision. I had a dream, and I worked towards it. So, I I, I, I planned it. I I I dedicated myself to training. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I I, I just tried to live the life as a fighter. That's going to make it um and that bit kind of dent me because i was like how could i lose that kind of character that i'm winning and i want to win and i, I was i didn't turn pro just to say you win this one you lose that one you win that was never the, that was never my journey well, right let me ask you did you
2: ever have anyone in your life who guided you who somebody you could go to and get, like, was, information from, yeah. boxing information from somebody, like a guru, you know what
1: I mean? Your own person. Yeah, well, at the time, at the time, you see, I had I had a, a, a family, not a family, he was like a, a family member. You know, when you get an older person in your family, you call him uncle. And I had a, I, I called an uncle, and I called him Uncle Lloyd, and he was good for me because he used to motivate me. But he, we, I was the first one in, in my family that that box. You see, there's, there's no genealogy. If you check my room, my, 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 you know, a lot of fighters they have a, a lineage where you have a, a father who was in the fight game or uncle, or but I never had no fighting, it's new to the, the fighting, yeah, new to was new to my yeah. family, so that's something. So I said to myself, Um, okay, so I, I didn't know about looking at a right team, a right management team, nutritionists, I didn't have none of that yeah. at the time. It was like, Rule, I just had a, I had a supportive family. There was my brother supporting me, my mother, my father, everyone's. With my sisters, they supported me, right? But they didn't know the game. They didn't know the. They didn't know the ins This light is killing me now. Like I've got a light. I've got a bright light on. Right. Um, it looks good.
0: But... Yeah, it looks yeah,
1: good. Yeah, it's <coughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's killing me though. Did you that? Because if I turn the light out... He's you're know I, I thought it was your
2: aura, myself. I thought it
1: was your aura. Your yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. It's just the light. But the
0: thing um, So I went through... I went through. Go ahead. Say again, Ben. No, keep going. You keep going. Just keep going the stream and I'll come back. Yeah. Yeah, so what happened to me now, so Michael,
1: as, as I was saying, there was no... There's no um one that, who had been involved in the fight game before that I could say to them, well, what should I do here? Because... Their advice would have been just as um a lay advice or family or friend, but there was no one who yeah. knew the dynamics of the boxing game itself, yeah. right? So anyway, I went with Barrett and, and they put me on their promotions and um just, what happened, man, Mike Barrett and Mickey Duff broke up. They split up. Yeah. Um Mickey Duff went one way, Barrett went one way. So I was out in the cold again because Mickey Duff had the TV. I was with Barrett, Barrett yes. didn't have no TV. But yeah. but he had the contacts anyway. I climbed up the ranking, and um, I got, I got jumped. I got thrown into a um, Commonwealth title fight, and I won that in four rounds. I knocked out the guy in four rounds, oh. and the knockout, the knockouts were coming again. The knockouts was back. I was for the first time, I had a title shot. Um, I had eleven pro fights, and I I at fight. think <coughs> you
2: were, you were uh, eleven and one or ten
0: and one. No, he lost the fight to Mark Wills. at oh. the time. I was ten and one. Yeah. Lost to Mark Williams. No, no, that was way forward, down the right? line.
1: That was way down. That was one.
0: A little, a little bit later. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, was, I, I won,
1: I was, yeah, I, I was eleven. I was eleven in one. Um, I had that decision loss against um Ron, Ron Ellis. and um, that hurt me. That hurt me. But when I got the title fight, i was thinking, I'm back. I'm back. So, yeah, I, I, I knocked the, the I not out a, a New Zealand opponent, um, for the title took the title and I'm the Commonwealth Heavyweight Champion and that's a big thing for me because <laughs> I'm thinking at the time the Commonwealth Championship was a bigger title than it is now. I mean,
0: sure. now, yeah. now,
1: yeah, back in 88 to be the Commonwealth yeah. Heavyweight Champion it was something. I was like, yeah, these are yeah, guys yeah, like yeah. Um, George Travalho and, and people before that who had that title and um, I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's it. And then um, my next fight, two fights, I I'm I'm knocked out a couple more guys and I became the European Heavyweight Champion by knocking okay. out a guy in one, in, in, in a minute, in one minute. Yes. So I'm like, the punching was working for me, right? So I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll. I'm the Commonwealth champion. I'm the European heavyweight champion. I'm the, I think I'm number two in Britain at the time. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is good. Um, Gary Mason, was a former stable mate, we were, we were number one, number two. We We're both champions over here and they matched yeah. us. We was in a fight. We had, we had a fight. Like people, it was it was a big fight at the time. We were, we were two young heavyweights who were on the world stage and we we're here in Britain and they match us right for March. Watch this, watch how life is funny. Um they match us for March and there's a lot of press around it because for the first time Mason finds someone who's live in me. And for me yeah. I'm fight, I'm the first guy that can give him help. So while I'm while I'm while we're negotiating that fight my manager Barrett got a call and said there's this guy in France who a couple of guys who you've beaten have beaten this guy and stopped this guy before, so he's not gonna, he can't last a round of you, right? And you can take him and make some money in the meantime, and then you can fight him in, I think that fight was January or February, February or yeah, yeah, nice February. And, yeah, and then you can fight, then you can fight Mason after that. So I said, okay, no problem. I looked at, the, I looked on, um, they had, um, a boxing, boxing records at the time. There's no internet, but there's boxing. I thought, well, this guy's a bum, yeah, this guy can't, can't laugh me, right? I looked at the guys who he had been beaten by, and I had knocked them out. So I said, no, this guy can't survive with me." So I went to France. Watch what happened, right? I turned up the night um, before the fight, or so a couple of days, and um, I was in a van. A van came to pick me up, right? With no seats in the back, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah, I'm the heavyweight champion, man. I'm the heavyweight champion. I can't travel in this." And they say, "It's okay. It's not. It's not a far journey, but this we couldn't get a driver, so." They got a van, so I'm sitting in the back of the van, and, uh, on the floor in the van, thinking. Now I'm sitting on my on my luggage and my suit, my on my bag and stuff. And I was annoyed because I'm thinking, I'm the heavyweight champion, man. I'm not sitting on the floor. But eventually, after like ten minutes or fifteen minutes of arguing about not getting in the van, I got in there. There was no one else to help. I was there with Barrett. We were there. Okay, so and Barrett Derek, was saying sorry he didn't. To-
2: Quickly, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But let me ask something real quickly because I like these points you're making. I just want to be able to yeah. jump in every once in a while. I'll ask you something. And ask, yeah. Psychologically, did that do something to your performance? Did that do something to you, your energy, I, your, you know, psychologically going into a fight? Did that affect your fight? All the way. I feel less way and and, and and, Max, together. I'm
1: glad. Ben, go ahead. Yeah, you see, you guys, you're awesome, saying, I'm what I'm, I like I'm, about T.Y.L.D.
0: I'm pretty oh, sure that's where the story's going. That they, did. they pulled out year in the book. They're notorious for it in Europe. They're notorious for it. Duke McKenzie will tell yeah, you. Yeah, no, no that's there. the whole thing. They will do anything they can to unhinge the visiting fighter and make it as uncomfortable as possible. No, but Ben,
1: you're right. Let me tell you. And I'm glad why why I come on this show, because I see I've, I've been following you guys, right? And and you've been, you have been you're get the good questions in, and you ask questions at this point. You know, and, and I love that. Because mm-hmm. watches. I mean, I'm the. I've I've gone to France. I'm the European heavyweight champion. I'm the Commonwealth heavyweight champion, and I'm a world top ten heavyweight. Right? I'm going over there like the big cheese. because you got to have you got that you got that. Um, it's not even just saying that you got ego, but you got that all about you where you think to yourself that it's all about you. If you don't have that, right? You can't. You're not in the game, uh, and you yeah. understand what it's so about, Michael. And Ben, you don't understand. What- What's about because yeah. you have to have that you have to have that desire and that, that intention that drive that you're gonna be that you're the best. I didn't go to France <laughs> thinking oh I'm one I'm one of the best. I'm thinking I'm the best because I knew that on the night that I I won the European Heavyweight Champion, I think I was the hottest heavyweight on in the in the world. I didn't. Mike Tyson was knocking people out right, and I said to myself, well look at that knockout against Curry. And look at my movement, look at my punching, and look at my my boxing style, and you'll see who's a heavyweight. Who's a, so that and that's what that was about. So so I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm traveling to we, we traveled to the fight in the back of a van. We traveled to the uh, where we stay in a uh, hotel, and I was annoyed. I stayed annoyed long. You know what I mean? So I was like I was like this thing. I'm a heavyweight champion sitting on the floor in the back of a van, and I, I was having a moan. But at the same time. I'm thinking I'm gonna crush this guy for that. I'm gonna kill this guy for that. All those kind of things going on in my head, right? Anyway, so you, so you thinking about using this is working as fuel for
2: you? You think it's working as fuel?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was, I was trying, I was, I was, I was trying to turn it back because I knew I didn't want it to slip away too much, right? So I said, to myself, okay, I'm gonna turn this energy onto my opponent, and um, my manager was, I could see the fear in his face because he could see that I wasn't happy at being there, right? Um. Well, I'm a Gypsy.
2: The fact that he messed up as a manager; these are yeah, the responsibilities yeah. of managers and all the rest of that kind of stuff. The people that and they and they don't take yeah, like no, the responsibility for it. But he's his his job is to make sure that you're comfortable and everything goes right. you not not that you shouldn't have to like wait at the airport for a car for two hours and all the rest of that kind of stuff. That his job is to make no, sure no, you get right. from the airport to the hotel and you're comfortable and it's a one. Yeah otherwise the problem that's his job but that, yeah, that's you're, not you right
1: all of those all of those yes to all of those man because that's actually right you want to be the manager if, if you if you manager doesn't do that and you're doing it yourself right then you don't need a manager exactly. right? so
2: 100
1: yeah so i've I'm, I'm gone i've gone to the hotel and i'm i'm calmed down and the next day i'm happy because presses around me and people come photographs and I'm I'm saying okay so I'm feeling like the champion again so I'm signing I'm ticking, I'm ticking I'm I'm signing pictures I'm signing programs I'm signing everything right and I'm thinking yeah I'm the champ I'm the champ because that's that ego in the head I'm thinking I'm the heavyweight champion I'm the heavyweight champion I'm signing I'm gonna knock this guy out tonight. Um anyway I'm fighting a French gypsy that had no I don't forget I was I was like 20 how old was I at the time 26 20 yeah 25 yeah. And I'm. No, if I was 24, yo, <laughs> I was 24. <laughs> yeah. Flash clothes, I was flashy. You, man, even me, I'm, I'm like flash tracksuit, flash sneakers, nice haircut, flash sunglasses. But Michael, you know the deal, right? I'm looking thick. I'm feeling like I own the world, man. I'm like, I got, I got gold rim glasses. I got a smooth yeah. fade tracksuit. Yeah. Right. And I'm your thinking, opponent. Yeah, yeah, yeah boy, it's all about me. I and your opponent was my opponent. Tough my opponent was... Short,
0: squat. Old, hairy guy who looked about ugly. The impressive... I shouldn't say ugly, but he <laughs> was.
1: Wait, wait, did he? he, he oh, oh, you right. know the old
0: axiom. You know the old axiom yeah. in America. where They say never bet on the white guy. All that kind of old school thinking. You know the thing where they look at one guy who looks all that's impressive, was, big, black guy, athletic. They look at his opponent who's just a short, man, squat, white, you know, short arm bruiser, and they think there's no way in the world that guy there can lose. And then what happened?
1: <laughs> he should have been in the same room as me. He shouldn't have been yeah, in the same yeah. room. He shouldn't listen. He shouldn't have be been in the same town as me. It's, but you know, ha- yeah. as it was, right? I, I, I was, I was, like you said, I was tall. I was dark. I was handsome. I was, I was sexy. I was, I was everything that people needed in the heavyweight champion, right? I was yeah. articulate. I was doing poetry. I was good looking. I, was, I can't forget to say the good looking part, right? No, so I, I, I am one hundred
2: percent to what you said. Really, 100%. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: There,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, because I'm standing there, right? I'm looking at Benny, right? Because look at this, like Michael. I'm six foot five, and I was at the time in old money, I was 16 and a half stones, right? I'm not sure how that work out in key in KG, but I was in old money, and, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't fat, I wasn't fat, and I was cut, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, um, muscle bound yeah. I was defined. Yeah. So I'm looking at me in my small tracksuit. and I'm looking at this guy, who I'm fighting. And I'm thinking to myself, well, this guy's gonna get killed in the round.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway, the fight, the fight happened. Now I'm fighting a French, a French gypsy. He's a traveler, and people say a lot of things, right? Um, after the fight. But guess what happened? The first round, I beat the guy to, to a pop, and the fight, the referee is about to start the fight. And he you keep looking at this dude, because the guy is cut. I don't know if you follow the reports, right? But the guy is both yeah, in been one brilliant. round, right? He's both his eyes are cut, his nose was busted, his mouth was busted in one round, right? He like ran into a bus, right? <laughs> and the referee is about to start the fight, but he said that he made the fight go on the round because he, did, he worked, people paid good money, so he wanted them to get at least a round. But you know what happened when I went to my corner? What happened? I went to the corner and I sat down to myself, I don't want to fight no more. I want to go home, man. And my trainer said to me, what? I say, I want to sleep, I'm tired, man, I want to go to bed, right? So he oh. said to me, "You can't go to bed You're in the middle of a fight." So I said, "I don't really care, man." He said, "Derek, yeah, I are not this guy, man." But I was like, "No, nah, man, I can't fight now. I'm tired. Well, my super, head was on the fight well, for hold some reason." For one
2: second, I'm sorry. Hold on for one second. Let's analyze that for a second. Where does that voice come from in your head that tells you you don't want to? That's, do the, it
1: that's the question. That's the question. That's my inner voice saying to me, "Look, this is what happens when you go to a corner, right? You go back to a corner on normal oh. circumstances, sorry. yes." You listen. You listen to your structure, your, your corner, and you say to yourself, "Okay, I'm gonna go back out and I'm gonna continue with my jab and push him to the cause." You plan your fight in the in the corner, but I went back to the corner and it was none of that because you know, like I, I had him busted up in that round, and then yeah. I said to myself, instead of me going back to my corner and saying, "Right, come back out round two and finish it off, finish the job," I went back to my corner thinking, "Okay, I don't need to fight no more. I, fight, I don't." My, my, my head went to sleep, right? And I was, I, was yeah. I felt like when I say not tired, like physical tired, like, oh, you run out of puff. It was like tired, like tired, like sleeping tired. And people was like, whoa, how comes?" And then that's why, so that went on. And the thing is, the guy was so useless, right? I wasn't there from the second round. I wasn't there no, no more. And mm-hmm. the fight went to a round. He couldn't get me out of there. But all I was doing was holding him and trying to rest on him, trying to rest, right? I lost my European title that day, and I didn't even care about it. That's how that's how my head wasn't on it, and that's why they're trying to investigate what could have gone wrong to um make me be like that, right? And like you've been drugged, you something. To, and that's what they were wondering. they were wondering all kind of things: what could have happened, what could have happened to make me just not want to fight no more? I just wanted to go and rest. So I, I was tired. All I wanted, not to say my legs were tired or my body was tired and I was out of stamina. I was just physically, mentally tired, like um, I need to sleep. And I'm thinking, whoa, something ain't right here. But, and I don't, and and in boxing, people, it's easy to say, someone like, I had a bad shoulder on that day, so I couldn't fight properly, or I had a bad knee. It was none of that, because my body was perfect, right? So, how comes in the middle of of an an important fight like that, defending a European title, that I, I was so happy to accomplish that goal, to just not have no interest in it no more? So, that was a mystery. I think to this day it's a mystery because when Shannon won the European Tower off me, no, I do not even say he won it. He got it off me. He came to the UK yeah. to defend it against Lennox Lewis. And you know what happened yeah. in that fight? Before the fight, you know what happened before the fight? Ben, I know you might know. Martin, he might know this, but Ben might know what happened. He smeared his body with something. The border control made him wash something off yeah. his body.
0: Yeah. He was covered in some right? strange substance.
1: So, yeah. yeah, they said he sprayed the spray there, but He put something on his body and they made him wash it off, and then he he put it back on again before the fight. They made him wash yeah. it off again. So I said to myself, could they have done something to me? Because I went to his country, and and I'm that well, could happen. Yeah. Uh, that could happen to me. Whatever. He yeah. put, whatever so so you know the, right? um, but I knew that, he, that he put something on his body.
2: So, so Derek, as you know, like with fire so, sometimes psychologically, we don't really know, like we don't know ourselves so well how much do you think it was like a self-immolation kind of thing? Like you set yourself on fire. Maybe do you do for a second think back to, well, maybe like I had the talent, I had all these things, but the closer I got to my goal – I set myself on fire. It was self-immolation. I, I just I just
1: Yeah, yes. No, I, and I understand why you know, my, know what I mean. Because that's it, a good it question. Also that's from,
2: it also comes from your family, right? It comes to, like we, we inherit things from our family and and, and a lot of times when things go good and we self-sabotage basically. How much do you...
1: Yeah? No, Michael, I I, I told you, I'll tell you what, man, I, I, I like that question because I tell people that sometimes I right, we self-sabotage because it's like all of a sudden everything is coming to you and it's come faster and in abundance, and you're not prepared for it. But with this here, it's something that, that he physically done. It's something that he physically done to Lennox when he came over here to fight Lennox. He smeared his body with something two times. In fact, I'm not sure if I'm right, because Ben's good at these things. Ben, I think he got banned from boxing sometime after for doing that again to someone else.
0: Right? There was, there was. It brings up, yeah, there was some kind of inquest into his yeah. behaviour in general. Think he was which could get into a fight, yeah. in his eyes or bloodstream or whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, so I think that that kind of derailed me. But, I think that um that derailed me. That that particular fight with Shani kind of derailed me because the man that I the man that entered the ring, right, I became I'm skeptical because my I started to doubt myself. I said, "How could I couldn't beat this guy? who was a bum." And I'm thinking, "How good am I really? If I can't beat this guy." And I started to question my own self, right? Mm-hmm. And that doubt came to me for the first time. I doubted myself about being able to beat guys or fighting at the level that I planned to. And I said, to him, I started to question my own self. I said, Am I as good as I as I think I am? And can I compete on the world stage with guys? If I can't beat this guy, and I started questioning myself because in boxing, right, you have yeah. to be honest with yourself. You understand? Mm-hmm. You can you can fool the people and you can fool everyone, but you have to be honest with yourself, right? So I said to myself, okay. I've been training good.
0: We're getting a little interference here um, with Derek's signal, clearly. That's the thing. But, okay, well, um, hopefully that will be restored. He did tell me that his internet can be choppy um, at home. That's one thing he did say. Right now you've got a frozen picture there, as you can see. Um, okay. okay, yeah, we and lost he, him.
2: Yeah, he's going to come back on. I'm sure. Yeah, back. Yeah, in.
0: no doubt. Um, but I do. It's funny. I do remember. If, if you just seen that guy, Shane, he looked. Uh, he looked so unimpressive, like so horrendously. Like he said, he was a, just a short, squat, bald French gypsy. You know, he didn't have any. He didn't have anything aesthetically going for him at all. And he yeah. looked like the sort of guy you'd seen in an unlicensed fight somewhere in some dodgy dodgy kind of you look
2: at at guys like like Mr. Mathis Jr. and um, who else is there Um, oh man there's a couple of guys back in the day that physically don't present themselves pretty well
0: Tony Galento (laughs) Galento. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) yeah absolutely and they don't present themselves well at all but there's something about what they do that doesn't allow you to do the things that you want to do and, and those are the days when you have to go to something else and we have to learn to shift up. Like as fighters, you need to have more than one gear. Because if you only have one gear, uh, that's all you're uh, – and, and what I wanted to say uh, was that's probably because – that's where a short amateur career comes from. That's things that happen like that when you have a short amateur career. Because, you, because things like that will happen to you as an amateur and then you're going to learn to overcome them and you're going to use that same – energy later on in your professional life anything's going to happen you identify it you say oh listen it's happened to me um there you are derek we were just we were just we're just talking about the situation and how yeah i think what it is is like a blatant like because of your amateur career being so short, some of these things you would have come upon and you would have been able yeah. to deal with them at that time without losing as a professional, obviously. It wouldn't count on your record. Losing as an amateur is just, you know, you're learning. You're learning your trades. Yeah, that's right. But if you have a short yeah. amateur career, you don't learn those things about yourself. Never mind about your opponent, the different types of opponents you see, but you see different sides of yourself as an amateur because you're putting yourself... <laughs> situations and they don't hurt you because in the amateurs you're all about learning but you didn't get a chance to learn those things yeah, and that's right. one of the things that hurt when you got in there and all of a sudden you looked at this guy you're like I don't want to be here I'd rather be home I'd rather yeah, yeah. but as as a professional fighter you now understand I've got to be here I have to be present I need yeah. to win this fight Knock this dude out, and then we could deal with whatever we have to deal with afterwards. And then, of course, you have to have the cornermen that understand your mentality. And that's one of the hardest things to do. Like to find somebody that understands your this your psychological side as a fighter. That's one of the yeah. most hardest. What motivates you? What what you know what you know what I mean? Like, where do you live? Where does Derek live? And we need to go there to that to get you present in this fight. That's what men are about. You know, most people think about giving you water and they give you advice. You have, they have a fancy byline. Uh, you're blowing it, kid. You're blowing it, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Bylines. Yeah. That's what does it. It's it's you know. Well, it did in in Sugar race. sense. Yeah, I get <laughs> in the thirteenth round. Yeah. But, but generally it doesn't work.
0: Do you know what? What was no. interesting about that yeah. standby? Roger Mayweather. Roger Mayweather wasn't impressed with it. The... Rod. Roger Mayweather wasn't impressed with that line when he said, "You know, you're blowing it, son." Roger Mayweather said, "Okay, how about telling him what to motherfucking do?" He said, yeah, <laughs> yeah. "What good is him telling him he's blowing it?" He so here's tell the him thing to with do, Angelo. that's not. not so Angel knew what
2: to do. is not going to tell you technically what to do. It's it. not Angelo. Angelo won't tell you technical, techni- technically what to do, but he will tell you like uh he, he can tell you about the energies and when the energies are shifting and when things are happening he won't tell you the specific
0: and this is an interesting thing because you probably don't know this you probably don't know this but derek trained with angelo
2: oh
1: really angelo, angelo was a psycho angelo was a psychologist right angelo loved me and i loved him yeah. man, because i would tell you something right he he was before a uh, way ahead of his time because he, i was i was
0: unorthodox as a
1: fighter right
0: um I so done not That's deb- segue because Derek, Derek trained uh, was trained by Angel and which you might not have known. Yeah, you didn't realize that. Yeah,
2: I didn't realize that. And when when what years?
0: For 90, 90,
1: 1990, early nineties to ninety three. But oh, right. the thing is, he he angel angela loved me, and he said to me, and he changed me. I'll tell you how he changed me. Right, he never once told me that I was wrong in anything that I have done in training. Right, mm-hmm. but he said to me. I like the way you jab and keep your hand by your chin when you pull it back. Well, I used to jab and bring my hands down low. And he never said to me, your hands are too low. He said to me, I like the way you jab and bring your hands back to your chin to defend yourself, right? Then he said to me, I like the way you throw the right hand and come back with the left hook. And I wasn't doing no left hooks. But he he praised me before I even done it to make me think. And and then I I realised to myself that he changed me. He changed me without telling me that I was doing anything wrong yeah right, and now I think that's sign of um that's a psychological um tactic because
0: well, yes. some
1: yeah. so some people can't if you tell someone that they're wrong all the time and say, Oh, you're not bringing your hands back yeah yeah, yeah. you you can have a conflict with a fighter because sure. it's good to to motivate people and tell them that they're doing things sometimes you yeah. gotta say to yeah. them, it's like you talking you gotta treat a boxer with kid gloves sometimes boxes the boxes of sense boxes are sensitive people we we wear we wear our heart on our sleeve if you say something to a boxer if you said to a boxer oh you're not good at um fighting inside he don't want to hear that yeah the boxers, so see, that might be the truth right fighters yeah. don't want to hear that yeah and, and, and yeah. unfortunately that's that's the reality of life
2: no 100 you're absolutely yeah. right and and as fighters i mean and it's not even that it's not even that yeah. necessarily sensitive it's just the fact that if it's also the fact that if your trainer can see it and people can see it and it's that obvious, then you know what I mean? Then yeah. other people are going to see it and it's a, and it's a weakness. Yes. So all of a sudden mentally it's like, oh my God, there's something else to worry about. How That's what
0: Angie it? said about training with Ali, with a young He said he, he would... um.
2: Lost your voice, Ben. He would what?
1: We lost your voice, Ben.
2: Yeah. Lost your voice.
1: I feel... I feel... <laughs> OK, we lost Ben. The you, internet's, the internet's not good, but... You see, Mike, what you're saying is important, right? Because
0: it's like... I, I'm trying to see Trip what Jim. He ben said that say. the way he would get him to oh. do things usually would be to tell him he'd already done it. He would say, you know, uh, he needed him to start throwing a left uppercut yeah really the sound's gone
2: no Is no, no sand? you're back, you're back. You're, you're, back, back. Now. you're back now you were gone but you're cool. back now i don't know if you're still on time with us okay so derek sorry what were you saying yeah,
1: no, okay. go ahead ben i think he's back we, we, we can move on we can move on i'll tell you why right um so much, so much, a lot along my way. <coughs> ben, are you back? No. <laughs> my my experience, my experience of, of, of the game. I think that 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 um defeat, losing mm-hmm. my my European title, kind of derailed me because the journey, the Polish, the Polish fighter that I, that I went to France with, I lost the sheen, mm-hmm. and, I, and and and. Because of by nature, yeah. that wasn't me. I'm not supposed to be without polish. I wasn't supposed to be matte. I'm supposed to be, shut, um, silk. <laughs> you got the name.
2: Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you something. So, so you had this is your second loss, yes?
1: Yeah, that was, it
2: was your second, a, loss? Third,
1: that was second loss. Third, that was second loss. Third, that second loss because you see, yeah. at the time, I got to. to so then oh no, not time. I lost to Ellis at the time. And Mark Yeah, And here's the funny thing, right? Those those losses, right, were split decisions in people's hometowns, right? Yeah. I went to I went to California and I went to New York and I thought um yeah. Mark, Mark, Mark Wills was Mark Wills was 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 a, was a tank. He was he was he was it's like if he if ever I don't know if you've ever been in the fight of the bull before, man, but Mark Wheels was like a hitting in the bull. The guy was the fit. But um, I, and Ben, you seen the fight. Mark, I don't know if you've seen the fight, but people think that I won that fight, right? But you know mm. what he done? Yeah. He knocked me down in the second round. He knocked me down in the second round, and I got back up and put it on him. I put it on him because that's the first time I've been knocked down in my life. I've never been knocked down in the in the, in the amateurs, in, in training, in yeah. anywhere, right? And then... I'm fighting my wills and I'm hitting him at will. I'm hitting him. If you look at the fight, I'm hitting him at will, right? Boom, boom, boom. I'm hitting him because I got I've got I know I know I got a good jab and I've got a hard right hand, right? So I'm, I'm sticking it to him and, and he's, he's wobbling all over the place, but he's standing on his feet. Second round, I come finish it off and boom, he hit me the left hook and I'm down, right? I think I'm at Madison Square Garden. But, but I'm not hurt. I'm not sure I'm not hurt, but I wasn't out of it. I jumped back up. Referee gave me a uh, counting on the floor one, two, three, four, and I'm up. And I said, I'm gonna make him pay for that. So I jump up and I'm bringing it again. So I didn't say to myself, Oh, now I'm hurt, let me hold, because my head was clear. So I'm, I'm in there and I'm throwing shots, right? And I've won that round, I've won that round, and I've come back. And I've so so I listened to the commentating, Gil Clancy, after the fight. I listened to the to the, the VHS tape and it had Derek Williams apart from the knockdown, Derek Williams is moments away from apparent victory. And that's what he said before, yeah. the, before the announcement. Are you there? So he said, Williams is moments away from apparent victory. And then the referee raised Mark Wills' hand and Gil Clancy and his team said, oh, they've taken it for Williams and given it to Wills. And that's what I, and that's in my head. And I remember everything because I've got photographic memory when it comes to me. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? It,
2: it, so, yeah. So I was going to ask you, at what point did you make that? Did you compromise or come to that? Come to that, that, that fork in the road that said, "I'm not going to be world heavyweight champion anymore. I'm not going to be the. I'm not well, the person who I thought I was." Like, okay. Was
1: okay. Well, here's what happened, right, Michael. Let's see what's interesting, right? Those those decisions against me, right, were. I, do I say the hometown decisions? There were there were. Split decisions against me in mm-hmm. fights that I thought that I had won. Right, so mm-hmm. the only fight, the only time I had that first that was with DeShane because he shouldn't have been in the ring with me. That guy, he shouldn't have been. Ron his fight was a split decision fight when they gave it to him. I took that and I said, okay, I moved on. And, and Mark Wills, I thought that I beat Mark Wills, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. but so I didn't think it at that point. because I knew that I put, up, I knew I put on a good performance. I knew that I had combinations. I was hitting hard and. I knew I knew that he knocked out. I think he knocked out Greg Page two times, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, but he didn't knock me out. But I, but the the the, the, the 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 matchmaker did say before before him that this guy can punch, right? But then mm. in myself, I said, well, I can punch as well. So we're both going to be punching. It's gonna be it's gonna be punches in there. So I didn't have that. I didn't have the concern about him because I knew that not only could I could punch, I knew that I could box, right? So yeah. At, at that point, I didn't have no doubts, but. The only time I doubted myself about moving on to bigger things is I was questioning myself about the Chalet thing because that bothered me. Because I <laughs> said, How can I lose to this guy? This guy shouldn't have been in the same room as me. I'm a star. I'm big-headed. I'm the heavyweight champion. I can't lose to this guy. And all of a sudden, he's got a win over me, right? And I said, okay. But then I built back up again. I built back up. I, I started knocking people out again, and i was still the Commonwealth Heavyweight Champion. And Lennox was the European champion, the British champion at the time, and we we're on a collision course because we we're both coming up at the time. What was, we, your, what was
2: your record at that time? At the
1: time was was um 18, 18 and what I thought Lennox, I, think I was twenty and three. The twenty and three. And how, yeah. many,
2: how many knockouts? And
1: knockouts was like um fifteen knockouts. Wow. Okay. Yeah,
2: we, and what was Lennox?
1: Lennox was twenty two, and oh, with something wow. like with nineteen, yeah. with nineteen, and 19 oh, knockouts. Yeah. So, so we both, we both at the same time. I still knew to myself, right, that I can. All, all the the light shining on Lennox, right? Of course, but I yeah. didn't even care about that because at the time I'd got myself back to a mental strength where I knew that okay, I can box and I can punch. And I said, Lennox is a former Olympian, he's a gold medalist, um, and all the all the accolades that he had. And I realized that, but I said. It's in the ring that matters, you understand. And um, if someone like Shanae, who got no chance <coughs> can beat me, right, then mm-hmm. I have a chance of beating because I, I was closer to Lennox. Plus, plus,
2: Shanae. you're a gunslinger. You're a yeah, punch. Yeah. You always have a punches chance. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Plus, plus, um, and look, but we're we're people looking at how Lennox is a talented fighter, and he's this or that, and that's for them to see that, right? And that's the truth. But for for, for me, who's going to fight him? I'm not looking for his glory, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, or, or his strength. So I'm looking for how I can find a chink in his armour. And my thing mm-hmm. was that he'd never fought someone who who's live, who was big and strong, who can punch. Because we both could punch. Because with 18 wins, right, and 15 knockouts, to me, that's, that's a good punching record. So I knew, to, I knew yeah. that I could punch, right? So I say, okay, you know what, man? Um, just take this fight. Just take the fight and take it to him. And 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 the whole plan. So I'm I'm in camp with Angelo for like maybe um six seven weeks at a time, and then Angelo's the psychologist. Psychology Day was he made Lenox seem like he was nothing because he said to me, he said to me, "Hey kid, look at this." He said he got this. He ain't gonna know what hit him. He ain't gonna know what hit him, man. And mm-hmm. that, and I said to myself, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. I see that." And then he said to me, "Look at Lenox!' He said after round two, round three. He slows right down, so we start to look at all these weaknesses, and then and Angelo got into my head that Lennox got no chance. They have made a mistake, and and mm-hmm. and he is so so convincing yeah. that that that's a that's a good trainer because I I myself I was going to bed at night thinking I can't wait for this fight, man. I can't wait for this fight. This guy got no chance. This guy got no chance, right? Yeah. And um and I see Lennox on TV and, and, and in the papers, and they say Lennox Lewis is Britain's next heavyweight champion of the world. And, and they, and um, they had discarded me totally, and I, and I didn't yeah. care about that. I said they going to call in the Canadian, put up a good fight when I finished him, man. Right? So yeah. I was I was saying all of <clears> that <throat> myself, right? So Andrew pointed out that Lennox, the, the the transformation from round three to round four, he's a different fighter. They said. He said he runs out, I guess, because he is knocking guys out early. And we, so we took the fight, alcohol sold out Abuhor. We are in the ring, we're the same height, face to face, we're same height. I'm um, a half a pound difference in weight, so same reach. So it's, it's, it's a mirror image, right? So when the fight, starting, and I'm winning, I won the first round comfortable. I don't know, if you look on that fight, you'll see I I, 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 I yeah. had that, that first round. And then I got him in the second round. Then by the third round, I said to myself, yes, and we're talking a lot of smacks. We're both talking yeah. to each other. He's he quality, said that of him. Apparently he said that bothered him. Even well, yeah, we're, we both we both were talking, we both were talking smack where he was telling me things, I was telling him things. And um I called him a lot of names that wasn't nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he what? said a lot of names to me that wasn't nice. And um then I said to Lenox, this is what I said near the end of the round. I said, Lenox, the round's coming to your end, you're finished now. Then I said to him, I said, round four, you're done. All right? And he said, Yeah, hold this and he's swinging bombs. he said, Hold this and I said to him, Hold up, hold up. So we're talking right and then Boom! Shot hit me on the side of my head, right? And <laughs> everything has gone woozy. Yeah. And then um I'm I fall back and I'm down, and I'm thinking to myself, well, something's wrong here, man. How can everyone's the same level as my head? You know what I mean? Because yeah. I was on the mat, yeah. I was on the cameras. And I think myself, so something ain't right, something ain't right here. So I jump back up and referee count and start the fight, right? And then people start to boo the decision. and I am and people said to me, No, he shouldn't have stopped the fight, man. He shouldn't have stopped the fight because you never been knocked out before, you never been stopped. And why he stopped the fight? But I said to them that, listen, whether whether um he started the fight, I think referee had right to start the fight. I think he was because Lennox was we both were young men at the time, right? We were we were both finishers, right? So I know to myself, if referee had said box on, right, I could have I might not have been here today talking about yeah. I might be in a stumbling block because it's the mm-hmm. hits, the hits to the head that does the, the damage to a lot of fighters. When you fight and when you're hurt, it can damage yeah. you. So I said to people that, because the boxing news did, I remember that guy was said they think it was an early stoppage, right? But yeah. mm-hmm. the referee stoppage was premature stoppage. But I don't argue about the stoppages because I said to myself, listen, Reynolds, um won the fight three and square I don't think it was a, a premature stoppage because mm-hmm. I know to myself that if the referee said the box on, right, and Lennox had come to finish with a, with a bomb, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to stop it. You understand because, okay, so, yeah. so
2: then let me ask you on that point. On that point, let me ask you uh, an interesting uh, comparison here. At that point, had you sparred with Mike Tyson yet, or had you sparred Mike Tyson? Yes, after?
1: yes. No, I, I, I sparred with Mike. I sparred with Mike. You see the thing with, with Mike, and and that's what that's what, what kept me with my with my my thought process of still having that that championship ability inside of me. When I, <sighs> and this this is an interesting story. People don't talk about. In, in sparring, it's kind of funny. You can't. It's hard to to um, relate sparring to a fight, but someone like Mike Tyson, you can because Mike don't don't change gears and say, "Okay, I'm sparring. I'm gonna go easy." Mike goes hard all the time, right? So, yes, yes Mike was sparring with quality sparring partners, but and he was getting he was getting to people in sparring. I was watching him. I was watching him sparring because I studied my, my my like I said, I had a limited limited amateur career, so my my um. Angle was to, to watch other fighters and watch sparring, watch fights. Watch, I used to watch VHS tapes of, of all the old fighters, all the greats. And I was sitting down in the chair, moving and moving my head and pulling back. And I was sort of when he was fighting, when he was sparring with the guys in the gym. I was looking at what he was doing, I was watching how he, he was slipping aside and walking guys down and not throwing punches. And then he planted his feet and attacked. So, in my head, now I said, Right, for me to counter that, I've got to jab him jab him while he's walking when he stops move away or tie him up so it was was a um, a yin and the yang so so i was having a strategy that i was not gonna go (coughs) there and get beaten up i wasn't gonna go there and say oh yeah i'm no one's punch bag because that was never my intention to go there and become no so so mike was um walking me down because he he was the champion
2: sorry sorry one quick question before you continue on with your story i want you to continue on with this uh, what stage was this in Mike's career?
1: What year? Yes, he was. He was. He, he was. He was undefeated still. He hadn't been beaten by Buster. Boston, Buster Boston Douglas hadn't beaten him yet. Right. So, so it was nineteen eighties. Yeah, it was. It was late eighties, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Eighty eight. He was. He was. He was still Iron Mike at the time. He hadn't been beaten. Yeah. Him, and he was still the baddest man on the planet at the time. And, yeah. And um, at the same time, he was. And I. And I, I'm. I'm not. Um. I never kid myself and say, "Oh yeah, yeah, you you beat Mike Tyson." No, it was never, it was never like that. What my thing was, I'm gonna get through this sparring and get myself known in the states, and that was my whole intention. Yeah. So, so sparring like- with
2: Mike, sparring with Mike was very good. Like you, yeah, you were yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That, that was, you, you? you know what, hey. Michael, I'm telling you something, right? But I think Ben might know this because um. I wasn't in the press at the time, right? But mm-hmm. the press was writing about me all the time, saying that uh, English heavyweight is... Ha- I didn't like the way they said that, though. They said British heavyweight um, handling Tyson, handling Mike, and and um, and it wasn't even <coughs> a story that I am giving. There was a turning up and seeing the sparring, but I was reading I was reading the fight. I was reading the sparring. I realised to myself that if I kept my jab at Mike all the time and he's moving, he can't hit me. Once he planted the foot to punch, I stepped away. I bounced away two steps. So it was a, it was a chess match, right? Mm-hmm. And he couldn't get. But but Mike yeah. um realized he's getting good work because of that. Because I was pumping the jab, pump the jab, pump the jab, hard right hand, pump the. And Mike was trying to step aside, and he was throwing shots back, right? So every now and then, shots are getting through, and he hit hard. And I said, "Boy, I ain't getting hit that one again, right? Because he does hit hard, yeah. right? So, and it wasn't it was never a thing whereby I was beating Mike up. Or he was beating me up. We was having quality sparring. We was having quality sparring yeah. and, and he recognized it and I recognized it. And then he said to me, That um, why don't you fight Bruno? You'd kick his ass. He said to me, He said, Derek, why don't you fight Bruno? You'd kick his ass. Because he was wondering to himself, so how comes I'm so I'm doing this so good. And um he said, and then another day he come asked me, how comes he never heard about me before? All right. So I, you know what that tell me? That he was, it was that's respect. The fact that he yeah. was saying to me, that how come he never heard about me before? And mm-hmm. I would kick Bruno's ass, and um, and everything yeah. they were saying to me, I said to myself, "Yeah, this this guy is recognizing the Spider Man." And it was working, cause Don King then came and start talking to me and said to me, "For offer me to fight on the card," and and you know what? That was the plan. My plan was that I haven't had I hadn't had an a, a, a <clears throat> amateur career, but I'm gonna get myself known on this side of the Atlantic, and I'm gonna start fighting here. You know what I mean? And then, do, you think, uh,
2: do, you, do you think you were? Do you think you were um, better in the fight or better in training, like in the gym? I, I
1: think I think I was the same because this, the, with me, sparring because because I use sparring for my for my education. That became my way to carry into fight. So that's why um, I don't know they, 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 my flashy style, my flashy fight style. um, was from the training, because that was what I wanted to be, because I wanted to be that person. I didn't want to be, I, I never wanted to become a big sluggish heavyweight to go on trade. I wanted to knock you out. I wanted that that um, explosive punching with the boxing, and then that came that became me because I was carrying that through training. I went away, I mean, like I said, I went across America, aspiring to everyone that I could ask, even no-name guys. I just heard about heavyweight in, in Philadelphia. I traveled to Philadelphia and sparred. I stayed in Philadelphia for about three months. And I traveled across to Louisiana. I traveled across to California. I was traveling across the states. It's like if you don't think of a movie with a with a one man in, in, on, on on a Greyhound bus with his luggage. That was me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was me. I, traveled, I had no family. I had no family there. I, I was mm-hmm. I was traveling you know, around.
2: And I, I, yeah, get I, was, I
1: traveling, sparring, getting fights, moving on, and and, and, that, and that's how I learned the game. Now I I didn't make the grade to become the world champion, but guess what I made. I made a success in my career because people know now. I go places now, right? and people. I don't get big-headed when people say, "Oh, 3D can you sign this." Because I don't. People know me, or people don't know me. I don't mind. I, I go around. I'm, I'm invited as a guest, um, speaker to places, um, because I, I can articulate, and 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 I and, I, and people, people yeah. um have a picture of boxers, of of being guys, um, in the old days, brain and no brawn or broad broad and no brain that's what it was you understand the 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 yeah, yeah. talking but yeah. a fighter nowadays is a change that and I was one of those fighters change that because I spoke out about a lot of things I spoke about um diversity in boxing in the in in, in the eighties I I challenge it yeah. you understand where people to yeah. me out before my time but I recognised things that had to be identified and challenged um at the time maybe when, it was too soon maybe it was too when, soon when did you know Derek?
2: When did you know that you had to stop boxing and you had to give it up? I
1: mean, you know what? I'm going to tell you what happened, to my uncle. You see, After after the Lewis fight, I said to myself that I'm sliding away from the from the top ranking now, right? And I said to myself, I'm not going to become a punch bag. I'm not going to. I don't want to become punchy in this game. But i was still being offered. I'll tend to retire. I'll tell you the truth, right? And a lot of people don't know this. I tend to retire after the Lewis fight because I realized to myself that I'm slipping away from from championship level, right? But mm-hmm. I was still getting offered more, more money than if I was done a nine to five. So. People offer me silly money to fight. I was thinking, like, whoa, that's that's um easy money. That's like Some people working the whole two, three, four, five months, six months to get that money. And um, if I retire, then I'm gonna have to go and start working ordinary work like that, and I'm not ready for that yet, All right? So I, yeah. I took those fights, and so now oh guess what? At the time, because I've got a good chin, I was still dropping decisions, but at the time, <laughs> dropping those decisions to me now wasn't as bad as it'd been because I thought myself, like, well, you know what, man. I'm gonna retire soon, man. I'm I'm gonna just make this money in banking. And, and it worked because thank God. Um I'm here today. i mean, I've got a whole roof over my head. I'm I I I'm I'm not disheveled and I'm I'm here. I give thanks, right? But the journey of to be a boxer and to become a champion boxer, once that's like once that, that that flame started to go down, it was time to go because I could have stayed around for another. Four years I retired at 34, 35, I think. Yeah, I, right. But I could have stayed on, and I, the fighters are still fighting now in their 40s and stuff, right? But I could have continued fighting because I still feel I, I still I maintain my fitness, I still, I'm still in shape now. But I, I wouldn't fight again because I'm a proud man, I'm a proud man, I'm an honorable man, and um, people respect me and I respect myself, right? So I, I retired because I need to myself that. That, that that Sweet D, I was just Derek Williams then. Sweet D yeah. persona had, had yeah. been put to bed because...
2: Certainly, certainly <coughs> fighting, once that passion, once that fire is gone, boxing is, I swear to God, it's one of the most difficult things on earth to do. Yeah. There's just something about it that's, you know, once you don't, once you don't love it anymore, once you don't have that fire, once, once that passion dips, even just a little bit, once that fire yeah. dips you feel everything. Like, I, I remember fighting, and I said, like a person would lace, like their glove would miss me and lace on the on the skin. I would feel that. There was a time when you don't feel that. Even a, a man headbutt you, hit you low, anything. You're not feeling nothing matters. Yeah, nothing matters. Yeah. But once you get to that point, you pass that point, you said to yourself, you know, this isn't it anymore.
0: I think My. there comes a point, I think, when the reality of it dawns on you and you think, is this what I've been doing? For all these years, you know, when you talk about the punches suddenly hurt, or even the near misses suddenly hurt, or the training hurts, then, I think it suddenly occurs to I you.
2: I think is Simon typing? Somebody's I, I don't know
0: what's him? happening, but we've got some sort of interference. Yeah, typing. Let, okay. let me let me
1: let me let me leave and come back in on another thing. I don't know if it's me, but I'm gonna leave here and come out. Let me see.
0: Okay, <laughs> we've we're getting quite clear near the close, but let's just come back in and uh, yeah. um, Oh, maybe it's not resident. us, is it? it's, it's not
2: Simon after all. Sorry, say si.
0: it, it's not us, no. So, um, it's not Simon, No, I don't think he would be that unprofessional, but right? you know, he, he does this for a living, right? Well, he does this, I don't know if he does it for a living, but he does it, <laughs> um, and, we're, and we're very grateful for it too. Yeah, he lives He's to
2: do it. it, let's just say. Okay. That.
0: Yeah, okay, okay cool, then. great. I, I was just saying, I think some, I've, I mean, obviously, I didn't do what you guys did, I've had a bunch of amateur fights but I think I get the impression because I've heard other professional fighters say it before that if it comes a point when the reality of what you're doing suddenly dawns on you and you suddenly, you know, when you, like, even Sugar Ray Leonard, when he came back against Kevin Howard, I know he had a whole load of great nights in him after that, yeah. it turned out, but he said he was apprehensive about getting hit in a way that was jittery. There's a difference between not wanting to get hit and being very good defensively and actually being apprehensive about getting hit, which makes you more likely to get hit. And I yeah. think maybe it suddenly dawns on you the brutality and the... And the the sheer implausibility of what you were doing for so many years, without while it all bounced off of you.
2: Well, you know so, what? It, it also, Ben. At the same time, what what happens is when you, as you're going into a fight, you end up going into a trance. You put yourself into these trances yeah. of like, you know, you're you're something different, and and just, I don't know the the reality of what you're doing just. it's you know what it is it's like it's like when the government has kids go to the uh, go to the army the navy air force whatever it is marines and they send the kids out because the kids are thinking about the danger element of it and the physicality of it and the pain and all the things that could happen those things just you're just you're not there yet you you don't have that psychological or, or that maturity that mental maturity to understand what's happening but once you've been in it for a while, and then you understand the loss, and you understand the pain, and you understand the things that could happen, it totally changes the game. And and yeah. it, and it's hard because you have to be able to go under, like you know what I mean. You have to put yourself into this trance, into this, you know what I mean. You have to become like a, 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 a like a zombie, a zombie, really. No nerves. When
0: you're when you're undefeated, you have a different psyche, right? When you're when you're young and undefeated, and you've got yeah. some publicity and, and and momentum behind you, you're a different yeah. beast. Than the guy who's been but yeah, but but even
2: even said on top of that, it's like when you get when you get hit, every time you get hit, it chips away a little bit. It takes something yes. it's yeah. away from you, not just in terms of resiliency, but even in terms of your pain threshold or yeah. your ability to hold the shot. It just continually like and all the fighters sudden yeah. lose
0: their punch resistance at, at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And it's you know you've seen it over and over again. You you've seen a guy that's <laughs> just like they they're Gibraltar, you know what I mean? They're just rock. And they, and then they get beat by somebody and then the next guy knocks them out and then they just keep getting knocked out. They don't have the same result. Yeah.
0: I remember some writer from uh, Ring Magazine said it never ceases to amaze me how fighters like Frank the Animal Fletcher Lose their chins so all at once and totally. Yeah. Uh, that stuck with me. That yeah. sentence because uh, he said that guy yeah. w- was impervious yeah. to punishment. At some point, next minute he's getting blown out. You can't stand up in a five mile an hour wind kind of thing, you
2: know. And, and they lose to a guy that isn't a puncher. I will tell you, either.
1: something else come from something worse than that. I've seen something worse than that. I, I've I've seen a, a guy come to camp to train. I see this is he came to spar with um um Chua David Chua, and yeah. you know what? Six weeks after he was in camp, right? He was a stumbling block. He was he, he sounded like a punch drunk fighter, man. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, yeah. I saw I saw that happened. Me and other guys were talking, said whoa, look, do you see how he talks? He couldn't rub two sentences together, man. After six weeks of chore, right? He became like, like, like a that. stumbling block. <laughs> so, yeah. so
2: so so Derek, what what age did you retire? What age did you walk away from?
1: I retired at 35. Wow, that's yeah, that's still late. I was, I you was, late right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started late. I, I didn't have like I said, amateur. I, I, I had a lot of time out of war. I had a lot of time. What, what was good for me in fighting is that I didn't have the the I didn't have the amateur career. From a lot of young children, uh, I think I turning pro <coughs> amateurs at the age of like ten or eleven and going through a lot of years of fighting yeah, and then turning yeah. pro, then again, a, a lot of lot of punches. So I, like I said, I had my first amateur fight at seventeen. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah,
2: yeah, it hurts like hell, too. Like at that point, when you start sparring with people, it hurts to get hit. When you're 17, like you got your man, a lot of guys have their man strength in, especially, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah.
2: When when you're younger, when when you start when you're much younger, like in the single digits or even 11, 12, they don't have their man strength in yet. So, you can learn things defensively without without being you know without uh without the fear of being hurt and so when you yeah. start late it's not that you can't learn late it's the fact yeah, that yeah. it hurts yeah. more to learn when it's all when you're yeah,
1: so if see, it hurts it for my you see, you're not it, do it man it's, you're not gonna do it it hurts so. because 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 i was because, because i i was a big i was a big kid i was 17 i was tall i wasn't big bodied but i was tall so i got put that person, some of people think that that you're he man Right, so you start yeah. believing you're he man. So when people hit yeah. you, you know you 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 you, you subconsciously feel yeah. it, but you don't. You put it out of your mind because yeah. you think to yourself that you're too big. You can't get hit. You can't get hurt. And know the thing is that that belief that yeah. you don't, don't feel it because you're a big giant of a man. You're not gonna get hurt, yeah. and, and you got yeah. on the front. So you, you block you block that, that shot out. And that's I think yeah. um, I have done a lot of years. I could have got uh, uh, um, uh, Oscar for some of those acting because. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but like amazing. I said, I'm, I'm I'm here now. I Look at myself. You know what I'm happy for is that my faculties, man. I I I I'm able to relate to people. People a lot. People don't have to strain their, their ear to listen to me and say, oh, they can't understand me or, or I look yeah, disheveled yes. and and I'm you understand because and I always say to myself, that I thank God for that because it's easy. It's, it's Easy. One punch can change your whole life. Yes, you understand one punch will change your cool. life, and um, we've got this ringside care, uh, resting care home that we're building now for um, fighters who've fallen on hard times, right? And mm-hmm. I support that all the way because a lot of a lot of um, promoters and people in boxing shun away from that because they 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 want to detach off from fighters who are uh, falling on hard times, yes. But yeah. I support yeah. that because you understand, I support yeah. that all the way.
2: Well, yeah, I, I gotta to say, me. you look really clean, bro. You look really clean. You look, yeah, like no, thank you, man. Yeah. You're feeling good. I love the beard, yo. That's
1: yeah, that's yeah. Tight. yeah. That you nice. know, you know, because so yes, think- he didn't know me. I right? see here. I I never had a beard in my life. I never had a, a beard in my life. Ben, Ben might remember I had. I had a goatee because yeah. Yeah, yeah. Marvin Hagler and 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 Tommy Hearns. They had that goatee, and, and I loved it. So yeah. I, I wore that for all my whole life, right? We see in lockdown. Yeah. I noticed everyone was wearing this beard. Everyone's wearing the beard. And I said, to myself, whoa, i got to try to grow a beard. So I've been, I was brushing the side of my face and trying to let hear the beard grow. I trained it. I trained it, right? And then yeah. guess what? Uh, because, of, because of my character, I like to be clean. I sharpen my beard so it's clean because you know how some people grow that bushy beard and stuff, right? If that's what they like, that's for them. But me, I like that clean, I like that clean, suave look. You I understand I'm sweet D. I'm sweet D. I got to represent my reputation, my 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 reputation precedes me.
0: Well absolutely, and it's been a great pleasure to have this audience with you, sweet D. We we should talk more often, we should do more things together. No, for sure, um, man. I'm very glad to have been able to have the opportunity to introduce you to Michael as well. Two great guys together. So thanks yeah. so much for joining us on this particular um, All right, Michael. Show, reliving your ben. story career. It was
2: a pleasure meeting you, brother.
0: Yes, and, uh, please. Yes, man. We'll be back next right, week, nice. and we have the Hilton brothers. We have the Hilton brothers. That is a very big show next week. How it's going to be with you and me talking next week, God knows.
2: David, David, Matthew, and David... Yeah. Matthew and
0: Alex. It's going to be it's going to be chaos, you know that, don't you, Silk? Listen, guys, <laughs> yeah. tune in regardless. You'll love it. Be lucky keep punching.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.